This is Emergency FD Storyline. I have to pass the same physical exam that the rest of the men do to get this job. And we did that, and that's why we have this job, because we showed them we can do it. I had to go to the same academy that those men did. Yeah, we took on every challenge and we crushed it. They're called the Bad Axe Ladies from the Carbondale Fire Department in Carbondale, Illinois. Two firefighters who took the initiative to start a program to encourage and mentor young women to consider firefighting as a career. But that's not all the story. My guests know firefighting. It's been passed down. You might call it, it's the family business. The views expressed on this program are from the guests and the host and do not necessarily represent the views of any government agency, private company, or public service. Emergency FD Storyline's focus is to tell the stories of those in the fire service and to highlight what matters to our first responders. A couple of months ago, I was testing some new video gear to record firefighters. While riding Engine 29 and Rescue 2 in Memphis, they're a special operations engine house. While on a call, I looked to my left and I looked to my right, and there were two firefighters. And they weren't the average guys. In fact, they weren't guys at all. They were ladies. At that moment, I realized how much the fire service has changed since the time I began documenting firefighters. I knew both the firefighters to my left and my right, and both had a passion for the job. And they are some of the best in the best. I'm your host, Tom Mann. My next guests remind me of the two women I sat between and the back of Engine 29 in Memphis. Like the women on Engine 29, my guests have worked hard to be firefighters, and they carry on a family tradition. Now they're helping other women to fulfill their dreams to be firefighters. Bad Axe Ladies, that's our storyline. Seems like 30 years ago, it was a challenge to be a woman in the fire service. Not saying it's not anymore, but it was not the common, it was the uncommon. Even though the percentage of women in firefighting is much less than men, they're women in the fire service. And with me are two of those from the Carbondale Fire Department, Courtney Loaf and Abby Burnham. Appreciate you ladies being here with me. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Yeah. But you ladies are involved with a tremendous program. I guess you created? We were inspired to start our program because Carbondale High School set up job shadowing pretty much for all the departments in the city with Carbondale students. Jenna Jameson, she approached us saying that a young man, Alex, wanted to do a job shadow program at the fire department. When I asked her, has any girls showed any interest in wanting to do this? She said, not really. They they don't really know that they can. So it just got my, you know, my brain working like, well, let's change that. So I approached Abby and I mentioned the program to her that I wanted to start and it just took off from there. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Before we get to that, I want you to share your stories because you two have one tremendous thing in common, and that is the fact that you are both second-generation firefighters. Yes. Both of you, right? Yep, both of our dads were firemen. They're both retired now. You know, to me, that is a difference with a lot of firefighters having a father who was a part of the fire service or in some way, and they're nine times out of ten in your case, are dads, because that's kind of what the case was, and you will be probably the first 
moms if that all turns out that way. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> and so that will happen in the future. But Courtney, I'll talk with you about that. You tell me a little bit about that. My dad was a firefighter for DeKalb. He was with them for about 28 years. He retired as a battalion chief. I just remember growing up, always being around the fire department, going to the the firehouse, getting on the fire trucks, playing with the equipment. They, you know, they had their little sparky dog mascot. He would come out and play with me. So it was just a great time being there with him, being in that second family environment. I just really enjoyed it so much. I was like, I, w- I want to do this as well when I grow up. You tell me a little bit, Abby, about uh, your side of that. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of the same experiences as Courtney did. Um, I think, obviously, in the fire service, it's more community and family-oriented. A lot of the guys, you know, will know each other's wives, um, kids, that sort of thing. And so I think I really enjoyed being around that as a kid. Same thing, playing playing on the trucks, riding in parades with dad, seeing dad show up to school to do fire prevention stuff. It was just always really cool to me spending time at the firehouse, something totally unique. And at the end of the day, I didn't want a desk job. I wanted something different. And much to my dad's chagrin, I decided to do the same thing. <laughs> Let me ask you that. Did, was that a surprise for your fathers when the two of you wanted to be a firefighter? Uh, yeah, my dad was actually pretty shocked when I told him. I was like, I think I'm going to pursue this. And he was kind of like, are you, are you serious? You really want to try this? And I was like, yes, I'm going to give it a shot. I know going through his head is, is <laughs> everything that a dad is worried about. <laughs> you know, in all honesty, uh, I understand that with my girls, I would think the same thing. But you guys had a passion for it. How about you? Same thing. I think he saw it coming, and I know my mom definitely did. I mean, I was a daddy's girl through and through. We spent so much time together growing up, and that was one of the things that I loved about it was that I got to spend so much time with my dad on his days off. I think he would have liked me to go into something else, like an accountant or meteorologist, what I had initially thought of and planned for, but he's definitely very proud of the path that I took, and seeing me in uniform you know, will still hit him sometimes and get to him a little bit. I know both of them probably had a lot of confidence in your abilities and what you could do and that you'd make it. But I'm sure deep inside he's going, oh, my gosh, that's my little girl. Yeah, there are definitely some times like that where he he told me, like, you understand what the atmosphere is like at a firehouse and you got to be tough. And I was like, I I can do that. And I think for my dad, it was definitely the little girl thing. Like he never really said it out out loud or anything, but he he knows that it would have been an easier thing for me to do if I was a little bit taller. But he supported me all the way through, you know, whenever I was struggling with stuff or, or working through something that I could always turn to my dad and talk to him about it. Was that really good when you did start and the reality of the job hit, having dads, you were able to go back and talk to him. Has that been a big help for both of you? I mean, I think for me it was in the initial phases when I didn't know anyone. I moved to a town where, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any family, any roots down here. Leaning on him helped me a lot in the beginning stages until I really got to know Courtney or some of the other people that I work with. What about you, Courtney? Personally and professionally, it was great to have my dad to fall back on. I could, if I was stuck on something, I was unsure about something, I could turn to him and be like, how would you approach this with your job? Like, what what can I do better here? And he was always there to have my back, and I, I really appreciate him being there for me. So how did you start? You know, obviously we talked a little bit about your dad, but how did you start? Where did you start and what was it like for you? We actually had a a dual credit program in high school, so I could go to this program and it was for firefighting where I get credit in high school and also for college. So I started doing that program. I got basically like my firefighter one through it. 
from there, it just kind of took off. I ended up going to Rock Valley College to get my fire science degree, my associate's degree. And then after that, I just started testing around pretty much all over I could to get a job. And I landed here in Carbondale. <laughs> and now you, you are what rank you've been, and you said 10 years, you told me earlier. Yes, uh, 10 years on and firefighter. And what about you? I didn't really get started until college. I kind of tossed around the idea of different things. And eventually when I realized I didn't want a desk job, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be a cop. And, you know, it's something different. A lot of the people that I went to high school with are like, oh, you, you've got a thick backbone. You know, you can do that. So I took some some law enforcement classes in college. And then I was like, well, I, I mean, I've got roots in the fire service. I always like talking to my dad about the fires that he's on and the calls that he's on. And so I ended up getting a, a fire science minor. Eventually, through the course of college, I was like, I don't want to be a cop. I have no business doing this. Like, they get the crap end of the stick every chance they can and it's are tough. always there on a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. tough for the cops. Yeah. It is. It really is. You're sitting here, we're talking to me about going to college. Both degreed, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got yes. my bachelor's and my associate's degree. So as you move forward, what specifically, I guess, maybe were the challenges as you began, either one of you? Uh, I definitely... Learned, uh, learned early on that my physical abilities were going to be tested quite vigorously. So I got into a good training program with my father. He put together like training courses for me that were firefighter, firefighting related. So he would have me going out there and hitting a Kaiser sled and I'd be dragging <laughs> dummies and throwing hose. So he had me doing that. He's like, this is what you're going to have to do. So start doing it. <laughs> That's I, tough. It is it, very tough. And I'm going to say this, you know, this job, it's not for anyone. I think it's a calling. And the other thing about it is that not everyone can do this job. Not every woman can do it, but not every man can do it. And a lot of men that cannot do this job and shouldn't be doing this job. You took this serious. So what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely realized the physicality of it early on as well. And I think for me, I... I had the the mindset of just getting in and weightlifting. That was what I knew how to do. That was what I enjoyed. I think there's also the mental aspect to it, the mental fortitude that you need to get the job done. And I think in a, in a lot of particular instances for me, that's that's been the bigger factor that I've had to overcome is just, hey, it sucks right now, but let's, let's get back going again. Again, that's what I'm talking about. There are many people who just cannot do the job. I think it's a mental, emotional, physical drain in many different ways. So it's interesting to hear you both say that. What do you like most about what you do? You're both here at Carbondale. So how did you both get to Carbondale? Like I said earlier, I tested pretty much anywhere I could. I tested in several different departments out west. I was going to Tennessee, Wisconsin, but Carbondale was the first one to call me and offer me a job. So I was like, I'm going for it. Yeah, I had the same thing. I just started testing around, and Carbondale was the first place that gave me a job, so here I am. Again, back to this thing about being second gen as a firefighter, what does that mean to you? I'm very proud of being a second generation firefighter. I know my dad is proud of me as well, and it's very emotional, and, you know, having that bond with him, like, this is what we share. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. I, I mean, my dad and I were thick as thieves growing up, and it wasn't really a huge surprise, I don't think, especially to a lot of the guys that my dad worked with, like as much time as I spent at the firehouse compared to some of their kids. I think even going forward, I, I think, too, if I'm lucky enough to have kids one day and if we can keep it going, or like in Courtney's case, if, if I have a daughter and my daughter can continue it on, I, I, I would lose my mind. I would get emotional over that. Like, <laughs> it would be a mess. 
So you're already a, you're a mom. Yeah. One day you hope to be yeah. a mom. But yeah. how would that feel, you know, you your child, your uh, daughter gets involved? Yeah, my daughter, she's already been making visits to the station. She as soon as she sees the firehouse, she says, Fire truck, fire truck and I'm she's sitting up there, she's acting like she's driving. It oh, it just heartstrings are pulled. And it's the <laughs> the same childhood that she and I both had, so I think it rings home a little bit harder. I know those that are in the fire service know this. The big thing, it's a family. It's a unique family. It is your second family. Yeah, there are people you like you work with. There's some you probably don't like. <laughs> or there's some that give you a hard time. But tell me a little bit about that, both of you being ladies. You guys on the same shift all the time? or Yes, we are. Yeah. We're, we're the diverse group. You know, they've always called the brotherhood, but is the brotherhood and the sisterhood. So tell me a little bit about that compared to any of the job. Yeah, I think um, the people that I work with, it's it's my favorite part of the job, ultimately. Like, when I decided to stay in Carbondale or, you know, buy a house down here, it was because of the people that I worked with. I went through some stu- tough stuff personally. And um, at, at, at the end of the day, like these were the people that were holding me up, holding me up a lot of days and there to give me a hug. And, um, you know, you spend a third of your life with these people and they learn your ins and outs. They learn what makes you tick they learn what you're strong at what you're weak at that sort of thing and they push your buttons too when they oh want. yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and i mean i know when i was a kid i thought it was neat seeing it, that sort of relationship with my dad and the people that he worked with and for me being an only child this is like the closest thing to siblings that i'd i'd ever had and it really is like brotherhood sisterhood like we we just you know rib on each other and you know make jokes left and right and talk about our family lives and we know a lot of what's going on in each other's personal lives so oh yeah my daughter she calls abby aunt abby yeah (laughs) uncle aunt yeah that that's the big thing in the fire service oh yeah memphis fire chief gina sweat who's rose through the ranks and who i saw from the very beginning as she started uh she was on one of my podcasts it's called being a first and she said this she made two statements to me she said with a smaller face i know more about men than i ever wanted to know But the other thing she said, I never expected the men I worked with not to be men. And she was talking about the culture of the firehouse. When you hear that, what do you think? Well, yeah, the fire service is always changing, evolving. But like she said, boys are going to be boys. Guys are going to be guys. And you kind of have to just embrace that if you want to be in this career field. Like you can't be soft like I'm, I grew up as a tomboy, so half the time I'm acting more of a, like a dude than a girl. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> the dude mom, yes. yes. <laughs> well, and a lot of the guys that we work with, too, say that we're, you know, a couple of the worst people in the department. So, yeah, we can have some it's, very inappropriate jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and probably two of the toughest, too. Yeah. Right, but it, it creates a thicker skin for us. So uh, Another firefighter told me that, you know, I don't expect, the lady firefighters not to be women either yeah. so you know it's kind of like okay we have a job to do it's a team there are actually actually really strong assets brought by both men and women i think on the job and and the all the diverse group of people now on the job oh absolutely everyone has something to bring to the table yeah i guarantee like i'm i'm gonna be the first person getting shoved into an attic or through a window or something like that or she and i are gonna be the two in the room if we get called to a medical call with a woman in childbirth we're gonna and, get and the guys scatter yeah because they know you two there yeah. right yeah and they're the ones that in my case they've they've got kids but you know that's a that's a woman connection thing and <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that like if that's what i can bring to the table then fine i'll tell her to push 
So, you know, we, we joke about all this at the same time, but, you know, that's kind of part of the job, part of the realism. I think it's part of the respect of everybody's individuals and who they are and what they are. I think it's safe to say, too, that the guys that we work with know a lot more about women than they ever thought they would know, too. <laughs> so that doubles it. It's, it's an education for everybody. Yeah. yeah. If I have to hear your stories, you're going to hear mine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That is really good. You're listening to Emergency FD Storyline. We will continue with my conversation with my guests, the Bad Axe ladies from the Carbondale Fire Department, Courtney Loaf and Abby Burnham. I want to take a moment to remind you that you can help continue the production of the Emergency FD Storyline audio podcast by donating any amount at our website, emergencyfd.com or emergencyfdstoryline.com. Look for the donate page on our website, again, emergencyfd.com. Any amount you can give will make a difference. One of the reasons for this podcast is to tell stories, share perspectives, concerns, talk about the issues that touch the fire service, and sometimes to ask the questions no one dares to ask. I'll do it. Firefighters Courtney Loaf and Abby Burnham know how to give the answers to some of my questions about women and firefighting. And more on the program these women firefighters started called Bad Axe Ladies. So let me go through what I call the stereotypes. Honestly, they're not politically correct. And these days, everybody's so worried about offending everyone. This is where our chief's going to need like a rag to start. Yeah, this whole thing, This is where it's going to come out. I think more women want to know these questions than even men do. You know, back in the day, I'm thinking when I started working with the fire service back in the day, it was a total different animal. And the big question was, honestly, some of the men said, I don't think they can do the job. I do remember some saying, well, I'm not going to work with her. You'd hear those kinds of things, but I don't hear that much anymore in the fire service. It's totally different. And then as time went on, there became a great respect. So let me ask you some questions. Here they are. First of all, that one I said, a woman can't do that job. It's really tough when I say this, but go ahead. You, 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 guys, want, you want to see my paycheck that I, says yeah, that I can? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, see, tell me about that. What, yeah, is it, I, what is it about this job? How do you answer that? I have to pass the same physical exam that the rest of the men do to get this job. And we did that. And that's why we have this job, because we showed them we can do it. I had to go to the same academy that those men did. Yeah, we wouldn't pass that. Yeah, we wouldn't be here if we couldn't pass academy. So yeah. we took on every challenge and we crushed it. I am on the TRT team and every, I will, I'm not going to lie, every class that I went to for technical rescue, I have at least four or five guys who look at me, just like you said, and said, oh, we have a freaking woman in this class. She won't be able to do it. Yeah. And I bet you were the only one in there too. Oh yes. I was one or maybe another one to two at tops, but every day I'd be the first person to go into the hole or jump over the railing and be like, I'm doing this. Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of, and like she just said, a lot of the times it's, well, fine, you don't think we can do it. Well, let's do it first and show them. Yeah, that's, that's a good hard way to do it. It's like, you don't think I can? Well, I'm going to be the first one to do it. I'm, going, I'm being the first one in that hole, and I'm being the first one to drag a person out. What's funny, I was just sitting here talking about the, my next question. is You can not, hear how fired up we get about this well, stuff, too. The thing is, you know, but it's answers. It's things that you're saying that I think need to crush some of the stereotypes about ladies in the fire service. You're willing to work. You work hard at what you do. Oh, yeah. And you're going to tough it out. It's kind of unfortunate because some people still have that stereotype of we can't do it. We have to work twice as hard most of the time to show them that we can. And so here's that other question. She's not strong enough. 
What do you say about that? I mean, you kind of answered that. But. Yeah, yeah we just, he's, not, he's not small enough to do the job. There you go. Fair point. Look out there. You can see one of our guys is quite big. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to fit into that hole that we're going to fit into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys have abilities to pull a man out just like a man can pull another man out or well, woman vice versa. Yeah, that's why we do trainings and we learn techniques to do our job. So for when we do get a bigger person that we need to pull out, we have things we can reach into our toolbox and be like, I'm going to use this. And I've told girls, you know, through our program too, that you can do this job. It's just about learning how to work your body to its advantage. I'm not going to be able to, you know, press something or clean it as well as a guy can. I'm going to use my leg muscles more than they do probably. And always hear that thing. Well, she won't be able to pick me up over my shoulders and carry me out. I want to know how many firefighters pick people up over their shoulders in the superheated air and carry people out. Well, yeah, if, if there's superheated air above you, you should not be putting that victim up in that air. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know, I mean, I mean, there, there's a lot Sorry. of things that you know what I'm saying. That's yeah, there's a lot of things that are said. I don't know many guys that could do that on no. their own either. It's going to take multiple people to do that. And it is yeah. a team, right? Yeah, yeah, it is a team. Most of the time, the only the only person you're going to see a firefighter. Care- Carrying a victim like that is a child. Yeah. If it, the adults, we're going to be carrying them out together. Yeah. Two of those questions. How about this one? Too emotional. Agreed. I'm, Agreed. <laughs> I don't know. I could challenge that. I know there are more male firefighters. Or I look at them and I interview them. I talk about some incident they've been in and their tears welling up in their eyes. Mm-hmm. They lost somebody. It was the kid that didn't make it. It was this that happened or the friend they lost or there's a passion to the job. So when I hear that, too emotional, I'm like, I think whether you're a man or a woman, there's uh, compassion and deep emotion if you're really serious about this job because it's about saving someone else. I think the only difference is that maybe we would be more likely to talk about it than a man would, and that's something uh, that's slowly changing in the fire service. And one of the things that's unique about the fire service is yeah, if you, if you have a bad call and you come back, you sit around the table, and a lot of times you just kind of talk about it without realizing you're talking about it. Let me ask you this because I, I see that as an asset, and it is true. I have three girls and I have one boy, and the girls will talk about it. The boy grunts about it and doesn't want to deal with it. You think that's a, a positive thing now in the fire service when you're dealing with post-traumatic stress and other issues? It's better to talk about it and get it off your shoulders, like take on that weight with your, the rest of your crew really discuss it and like just be like wow that was horrible and be able to hold on to each other basically and work through that problem having it all internal and just holding on to it yourself can really damage someone just being able to share that and get it out just get it out into the open and then you have this huge relief just gone and maybe it wasn't something that was traumatic or sad maybe it's something that just really made you mad and I mean, I can I can promise you I'll come back to the table and I'll probably be fired up about it and hollering and screaming and who knows what I'll say, but I, you know, we'll all vent it out, so. I mean, sometimes that's the way, the best way to work through an argument with someone is just get the screaming match done and then move on. The next day we're hugging it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One more, which I, I've heard, uh, they're too distracted. There's too many distractions. I know plenty oh, she, of guys. She has a, she has, okay, you have a daughter. Again, these are stereotypical questions, and uh, I can't believe I'm asking these right now. But the thing is, I think there's something really to deal with. Honestly, I don't really know how to answer that one because I don't feel, I don't know how we're more distracted than men. Like yeah. everyone nowadays is distracted. You got one of these little things in your pocket all the time, a cell phone, or we're looking at Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's distracted. And I think everybody's distracted now. Somebody say, well, she's, she's, you know, like I, she's a mom and she's too distracted because of her kids. But 
show me a dad that's not distracted. Exactly. I you probably enjoy coming to work and getting away from your kid every now and <laughs> yeah, then, especially with the terrible twos coming in. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there. But yeah, there's got there's dads who are just as distracted with worrying about their kids or what's going on in their personal lives. How many dads have to deal with an argument between their their wife and their daughter? Like they're dealing with that here, just the same as we would. Or like you just said about me, they're coming here and being like, whew, I don't have to deal with it. Oh, yeah. I, I think I'm pretty sure my dad was glad that he could get away from me and my mom sometimes. <laughs> Any other things that you think you want to bring up that are the stereotypes of women firefighters? Ooh, I've got one. Go ahead. They're too manly or they're too butch or something like that. <laughs> Right? Talk about Sometimes, that. yeah. I think a lot of people would think that about that, or they're too intimidating or something like that. Yeah, which fine. Yeah, if I'm intimidating, I'm intimidating. I call it determine. It's like Deter- the thing, yeah. you, you tell yeah. me I can't do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I'll show you I can do it. Yeah. They're too independent, something like that. I, I like, can see the independent, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think those are some of the stereotypes. Yeah, I get that from my husband sometimes, that like, why don't you need my help? Why can't I help you with this? Like, I got it. I can do it myself. <laughs> she and I have been like, we would work on each other's houses. And like when you were working on your house and you first started moving in, she and I would be moving in drywall. And oh, man. We're, we're doing the same thing. And, you know, I think I think it's just determination. And yeah. She and I are painting the house together, and we got this. We don't need no man. Yeah, we're yeah we're yeah we're demo we're demoing the house, and we're just like woman power. Get away. We yeah, don't need yeah. you. <laughs> Anything else? I'm just trying to bring these things out because you guys are now trying to inspire younger women to get involved. But being a part of that is that you yourselves are role models. You know, all that nonsense we were talking about, I would say, what are the strengths do you think you both bring to the job? Everybody brings their strengths and weaknesses to the job. And the benefit of working with the same people that you do every third day is they they know what you're good at and they know what you're not so good at and where they can complement your assets. You guys are very interested in moving forward in your career. And tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I definitely would love to be a captain at some point on this department. I've been working towards that the last couple of years now, trying to improve my leadership skills, being more involved with the department programs and the community is at large. If I do get promoted, I would be the first female firefighter to be captain on this department. That'd be a, a huge stepping stone. I think it gives you a new platform. You'll you'll do it certainly before I will, but it gives you a new platform to talk about some of the issues that are important to you and kind of bring light to being a woman in the fire service. Like something that she and I are are pretty big advocates of is pregnancy leave, and not just here but statewide. And I think as she moves up the ladder, it's going to give her more of a platform for that. For you, when you had your child, what was that like? It was definitely a learning curve for all of us because I was the first female firefighter to be pregnant while on duty for Carbondale. So we had to work around some issues with with the chief in the city to for me to continue doing my job. I actually ended up staying on the fire truck all the way up until my third trimester. So I was She's still crazy. I was still you. getting in my gear. I was still going to house fires. Could you get in your gear? It just that was the other question. Yeah, it was a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she but, was still at fire scenes pumping trucks. I would I'd walk oh, yeah. up to her and be like, Hey, if you need a break, like just say something. If you need some water and she'd be like, I'm good probably would have kept on going until my husband asked me, like, hey, maybe it's time you go to a light duty option. When I hit my third trimester, that's what I did. I was offered a pretty much a desk job here at the station. 
So you got through all that. How were you off for a while? How did that work out? So I was on light duty for about two, three months until I had my daughter. And then after I had her, ended up using sick and vacation leave for about six weeks. And then I came back full duty. One of the main things we would like to see change is postpartum, being able to have that light duty option again. Not she just came in here. six weeks postpartum and went back to the truck. So I, not just here in Carbondale, but all across the state, even probably even the country, I'd love to see that kind of policy change for women. The changing face of the fire service, you got some of those challenges. But then again, they have someone like you, who's all of a sudden wanting to go up into rank, wanting to make this a full career. You're very serious about this, and you want to maintain those kinds of employees. That's good stuff. That does create some issues, I guess you could say, and do that safely to get you back where you need to be. And you kept it low key until 12 weeks, right? Yeah, I didn't really tell anyone at the department I was pregnant until I was 12 weeks pregnant, (laughs) mostly just to make sure I had gotten past that scary time of, will I have a miscarriage or won't I? Right. But once I, once we figured out I was in pretty much a good spot, I'm safe. I told everyone here and everyone was super supportive of making sure I was safe. And I was the one that kept on pushing myself. (laughs) What else? Talking about some issues like that, anything else that you bring up? I think that's our, one of our biggest goals. And I think she and I have a lot of similar stuff that we want to work on. And it's fortunate that she and I are close in age and, you know, there's a little bit more of a gap in her years of service compared to mine, but we're both close in age lifestyle wise. We're pretty, pretty well, you know, similar, you know, she's got her family started. That's something that I want to do too. Um, so I think it, it plays out in our favor well. And, you know, other than, you know, getting that pregnancy leave stuff, I think we want to encourage more girls to, to see us doing the job. And yeah. This is all new. Yeah, absolutely. We had the, the women that came before us that were kind of, you know, trailblazers and that broke the mold and broke the barrier and, and got their foot in the door so that we could have it a little bit easier. And I think now we're we're trying to go for more and say, okay, well, we want to be firefighters, but we want to be mothers as well. Which makes a better firefighter. Mm-hmm. I Again. think so. Yeah. yeah, it really does. I mean, both men and women, the same thing. You know, when you think about these things, as a woman, what does it take to be a firefighter? A lot of people probably would go right to like, oh, you have to be physically fit. You have to be able to, you know, do that hard part of the job. I almost think that being compassionate is more important. Like you need to have empathy. You need to be able to connect with the people you're going to be working with in the community. Obviously, the physical aspect of the job is very important as well, and we work on that daily for the job and obviously just for personal reasons, being healthy. But there's more to it than that. You have to be, like I said, you have to be able to have that human connection with people. I think you've got to be mentally strong as well. You've got to be able to to keep going, to keep pushing, to not say, oh, I can't do this or, you know, whatever it be. You just have to fight through it. There's a lot of technical skills, a lot of training, constant ability to adapt critical thinking. Talk to me about that, about this job. You're the one that's going to be an officer first. You go. (laughs) (laughs) You're the officer. Go ahead. You're not going to be the officer. Go ahead. Well, that can kind of be like the medical field or for police officers. Like you said, everything is constantly changing. You have to keep up with technology and the different techniques, strategies that are used to accomplish your your job. And we, we embrace that. We take on challenges. I mean, we're always adapting, like you said. You got to keep learning the new stuff to, to stay up with your skills. That's why we're always going to IFSI, Illinois Fire Service Institute. We're doing classes up there. We're having them bring instructors down here to host classes for us. I mean, that's that's how you keep on top of things. You can't 
like they say in the fire service, if you don't use it, you lose it. And I think that's that old school way of thinking too. Of, oh, let's just go in, let's do the job day in and day out. Whereas, you know, the the fire service is still evolving and, and is, is learning from itself and it it's willing to learn more and not just say, oh, I, I know everything already. I'm not going to go back and take more classes. I think I think the the thinking is changing. The dumb questions about women and firefighting. <laughs> I've already done those, some of those, unless you can think of another one. No. no. <laughs> Said some dumb ones there. But uh, part of that is because you two have a passion for younger women getting involved and being in the fire service. So you two, and this Bad X program, is it national? No, it's just local right so, now. So in other words... Right now. Right now. <laughs> so in other words, the program basically started here. It's called Bad X. Ladies. 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 Yep. Okay. Yep. And again... So tell me how that term came about. <laughs> well, we were we were just trying to brainstorm some names for our program, and that was one that I threw out there. And we it didn't stuck. think it we didn't think it would go yeah. very far, but I mean, nobody really had an issue with it. And I'm, a bad axe is a tool that firefighters use, so yeah. So I thought that was really good because yeah. it caught my attention when I first heard that on a news story. And, and that's why I liked it so much. I was like, that catches someone's eye right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's kind of a big thing. But tell me about the program. What is the program, Bad Axe Ladies? It's a job shadowing program for high school students right now in Carbondale. They can come to the fire station and they're going to follow me and Abby around for the day. They'll go through different drills uh, with SCBAs. They'll go on calls with us. And we actually take them out to our training site, and we'll put them in a live fire training scenario. In your burn facility that you have out here. Yeah. Tell me more. We were really wanting them to experience, like, the really fun adrenaline-building parts of the job. Empowering parts of the job. So, like, we also have our forcible entry door that they practice popping open, and that was really fun for them to do. Even though we don't see fire house fires as frequently as they used to, of like a decade ago, it's very important for them to see that aspect of the job because that is the low frequency, high risk situation that they have to be comfortable with doing. So that was one of the main ones that we wanted them to experience. So far, the couple of girls that we've had have really enjoyed it and they haven't been scared or wanting to bail out. They went through it. Yeah, they've so far all of our girls have completed all the evolutions. So it's been fantastic just to see. And Courtney and I are very fortunate that, you know, we did have dads in the fire service. And so we had our foot in the door there. We realized we're in the minority. Not every little girl out there, sure, you know, they would say, oh, yeah, I want to be a firefighter when I grow up or something like that. But, you know, how many little kids say that? Is it something that is realistic? Are they being given the tools to where they can make that become a reality if they're serious about it? Yeah, you can get on volunteer departments, but you have to wait till you're 18 to get on most volunteer departments. Yeah, you can get involved with auxiliaries and, you know, trainings and whatnot, but are you, are you really getting a good look at what a career firefighter is, what a, what a career in this fire industry is like? So I think that was one of the big goals from us going on is to give girls that aren't like us that, you know, didn't have dads growing up in the fire service a chance to really see what we do day in and day out. I know you got the positive reactions, and, and I, like I said, I saw news stories, and I was kind of amazed. They were very positive. It's like, it's like this is awesome. But I think, what do you think? The other thing with seeing the two of you doing this, 
that makes a big difference having a mentor having you know that's really what the fire service is all about being you know a mentorship it's about carrying forward to the next group the next generation and that was that's why i really wanted me and abby to focus in on it with the girls is because i think it's easier especially for young young women they can be a little unsure of themselves sometimes so when they can see other women doing this being firefighters i think that gives them more encouragement more empowerment like maybe i can pursue this so we really take them on -on one-on-one and we're going through this program with them and we're answering those dumb questions as you say (laughs) we're we're laying it all out for them and we're letting them know like don't hold yourself back don't make this feel like it's a barrier for you like you can accomplish this just like any guy in your class can right don't be intimidated by the men And when we were, you know, brainstorming how we wanted this program to start and how we wanted the day to look like, she and I were very um, honest with the guys that we work with. And we said, we want these girls to be one-on-one with us. And and part of that thinking was, we don't want these girls to be intimidated by the men. Sometimes, you know, naturally, a lot of women, a lot of young girls are more intimidated being surrounded by by men or especially in a male-dominated field like the fire service. Um, we didn't want them to feel suppressed in any way. We we wanted to empower them and show them, look, if we're out here doing this, this is something that you can do too. And, and we're so tough, we can tell the guys, we don't want you involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think one of the big tests is somebody can go inside of, a, you know, have an SCBA on, understand that feeling, and they come out of it. That embeds something deep inside of them. So far, what we've seen with the girls is they might be a little nervous um, going into the burn cans. But then the thing that's really cool to me is when they come out, a lot of them have this giant smile on their face and they're talking about the fire was rolling over the ceiling or it was, you know, so cool. And that's something that not many people get to see. And I did this. And you hear that with a lot of younger people, boys, girls, the whole bunch, men, women. What else about that program? How did it come together? Yeah, I approached Abby and we discussed the program. We kind of did an outline of what we were wanting to accomplish And we approached our officers and we told them we would like to start this program. We want to launch it if we can. And they were super supportive. They said, go for it. You guys got this. And I approached Mrs. Jameson at the high school, the one who set up the job shadow for the young man who came here. And she really helped us get it going through the Carbondale High School side. We decided early on that we wanted the girls to actually fill out job applications for the job job shadow so we could get to know the girls a little bit because they had short essay answers they had to fill out. And also that just gives them a practical life life skill, like you're going to have to fill out job applications, so go ahead and start trying. <laughs> we got that going and we pretty much decided how we were going to pick the girls and it took about what two three months to really nail down the evolutions that we wanted to do with them what were the different drills we wanted to accomplish how how we were going to accomplish it safely because that was a that was for me and also for abby that was a huge factor for us is we wanted them to have a lot of fun doing this but it has to be safe because these girls are underage some of them are and we want their parents to be comfortable with this you know we put into the application look this is going to be a hard day. You're going to be working out. This is probably going to be a three, four hour workout out of your day. So like the day. So the day of like what the girls do is they come in right now at 9 a.m., kind of introduce them to everybody around the station, the on-duty crew, the chief, the assistant chief. We kind of have a, a brief safety briefing with them um, just about, you know, obviously they're doing ride-alongs. They're, they're coming on calls with us. So we want them to be 
in a in a safe spot if something happens if we get a structure fire or just any fire we want to keep an eye on them keep them safe most of the day is spent with training and getting in gear getting a feel for how heavy the gear is um being in an scba so in the mornings we'll put them through a couple scba drills they get to eat lunch with us obviously dinner time meal time is important in the fire service it's a camaraderie thing everybody at the firehouse is a is a good chef so they get to see a little bit of that. They get a free lunch with us. They get to see the the banter back and forth at lunchtime. So, and then in the afternoon, we go out to the burn cans, and that's when they get to go through their live fire scenario. And everything that we've kind of worked with them in the morning kind of comes together for why they're wearing this SCBA, and they get to see the fire. So that's kind of the cool thing of the day. As we were kind of developing the program and what we wanted the day to look like, we're, we're very lucky that our officers and the people that we work with on our shift were pretty much willing to let us do whatever we want. They said that, like, this is your program. You make it into what you want to be. You've got our support. They were willing to answer questions as we went along, you know, like the safety stuff. There were so many safety issues and, and levels put into place uh, just to keep these girls safe. And and obviously, it's a That's training environment. That's where you let the other guys help out with this, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and I and I tried them a little bit for that, saying, you know, we don't we don't want you guys involved in this, but it, we could not have done this without them and and their support and and both the department, the officers, um, and our local union has been very supportive in getting us in getting this program up off the ground. What are you hoping to see down the line, or what do you want to do with it even further? I really want to see the program expand even more. I we're talking about maybe doing like a weekend or week long program. We definitely want to expand it out to other high schools, other towns, cities in the region. The more girls that we can reach encourage that's that's my goal i want to i want to empower as many young women as i can there are plenty of departments in our region that have women on the department plenty of volunteer departments she and i i feel like are really lucky that you know we have each other on the department and we're also on the same shift so if if that's something that we can work to our advantage then let's bring in more girls to see okay look we can we can work one-on-one with them um Inside, deep inside, I guess you guys got this going mainly because it's something that I guess you wish you had, even though you had your father's. I think I would have felt more comfortable having a a female role model in this position growing up. I, you know, I was close to my dad, obviously. She was close with hers and I was close with the guys that he worked with. But I didn't ask a lot of questions when I was young. I didn't, you know, I didn't look into it very far other than, oh, this is cool. Look at what my dad does. Because I, I wasn't comfortable with that. I wasn't comfortable asking, well, how do, you, how do you lift that ladder like that? Yeah, it kind of goes back to what Abby was saying. Like, I was around my dad and those other guys, but I was also intimidated by them at the same time. I didn't know exactly how to approach them to ask them questions about being a firefighter. I just saw how cool it was and <laughs> kind of went for it. Like even when you tell your dad, I want to be a firefighter. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. So this must be pretty satisfying to watch this thing kind of uh, blossom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really has been. And probably the most satisfying thing is when the girls come out of that burn can, and like Abby was saying, they just have this huge smile on their face. They feel like they've accomplished something, and they just think it was the coolest thing ever to see the fire rolling across the ceiling, and they get to put it out. One of our young ladies, she gave a pretty awesome interview for the 
Channel 3 News here. And it was awesome. And and she herself was, you know, she's the only girl on a wrestling, wrestling team. And she had, I think, several older brothers or was the only girl. And so she was a rock star with that. And yeah, she's already a trailblazer. Yeah, <laughs> she was promoting it. And we we're like, yes, like that's exactly what we wanted to see happen is we wanted them to get the chance to see just how cool it was. And this, by the way, was pretty easy to promote because you got a lot of media attention when you started this. All of a sudden, it's being followed up quite often. Was that easy? Was that hard to do? I was actually kind of surprised with how many people from the media approached us about uh, interviews and trying to get more information on the program. Soon as it was put up on our Facebook for the Carbondale Fire Department, it kind of it just exploded. Like everyone was sharing it. They wanted to know more. We got yeah, Channel Three, Channel Twelve. The Southern, the Southern newspaper. They you. all wanted. They all wanted yeah. interviews. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where it, I saw. It's, I got my it's been fantastic my because she and I had talked about. You know, we want to promote this. We want to get this out there so that we can get the best response that we can. Um, and so, certainly, all the the media attention has really helped us. And we've tried to use social media to to promote it quite a bit, and it, it's worked out in our favor. And I think a lot of people have compared this to if you watch Chicago Fire, the Girls on Fire program. We've you know, had people within our own department call it that. And we're like, no, it's something different. <laughs> but it, it is similar in a way, but it is, it's a good thing to see. Kind of coincidence that, that we promoted, we came up with this program and then, yeah, they're talking about it on Chicago Fire, that character is going around trying to do the same thing. How about another dumb question? So you can wear a dress and be a firefighter? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I did come in for a union meeting and a dress and everybody's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes the guys here do forget that we are ladies. Yeah. So when they do it see us It doesn't help that we have pretty big potty mouths, so that kind of <laughs> doesn't work in our, our favor a little bit. But, yeah, we wear makeup. What do you like most about the job, about your job? I just like the fact that you don't know what you're going to get every day. Like, it's just going to be a surprise. Like, I come into work, you know, I do my, my routine stuff. I check in my truck. I check the equipment, make sure it's running. But we have no idea what what's going to happen that shift. We don't know what kind of calls we're going to get, what people we're going to interact with. I like not having, I like not knowing what's going to happen and being able to, and then when you do get it, like, all right, let's take on this challenge. Yeah. You get something different every day. Usually I think my favorite thing is probably the people that I work with just fantastic group of people. It's what got me to stick around in the area. So I appreciate your ladies being with me, Courtney Loaf and, uh, Abby, uh, Burnham, thank you so much. You guys are very inspiring. The Bad Axe Ladies. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Tom. I want to thank the Carbondale Fire Department for sharing this amazing story. The men and the women that work there, and especially Chief Mike Hertz, who told me proudly, Courtney and Abby put the Bad Axe Ladies program together and deserve the credit for all their hard work. By the way, if you would like to contact Emergency FD Storyline with comments or suggest a story or even about this program called the Bad Axe Ladies, you can email us at storyline at emergencyfd.com. That's storyline at emergencyfd.com. Also check out our website. That's emergencyfd.com. Emergencyfd.com. And you can find us on Facebook. Look for Emergency FD. I'm Tom Mann, and I want to thank you for listening. There are many stories coming on Emergency FD Storyline. Don't miss it.